You are listening to the Startup Playground. Show where I invite entrepreneurs, startup founders, and game changers to talk about their success stories, learn from their mistakes, and hear about their interesting experiences. Sometimes running a successful business may be a challenging to any company or private person, considering the tasks that have to be done from brainstorming to prototype creation, from implementation to sales and marketing and more and more. Therefore, there are entrepreneurs who define themselves as a productivity coaches, people who show how to work smart and get more done. They can help you from being overwhelmed to organized. That way you get rid of interruptions and manage your time to do things that matter to you and your organization the most. To understand how they operate and do their magic, I have decided to host a very uplifting personality who have helped hundreds of teams and personalities in 20 plus countries to boost their performance through keynotes, trainings, workshops, groups, discussions, one-to-one sessions. His name is Stoyan Yanko, a former movie producer turned into a productivity coach and professional speaker. And since this episode is this year's finale, I hope this episode will change everything about where you live, see the world, and how you operate. But without any further comments, I would love to invite Stoyan to join me now. Hey, Stoyan. Hey, Elvis. How are you today? Pretty good, brother. Based on your live sessions, I see that you are pretty, pretty occupied all the time. Yes, I just finished a LinkedIn live with our common friend and a guest of your podcast, Katrina Kurt. So stay for that also. But how do you define entrepreneurship? What does it mean to you? That's a really good question. I think entrepreneurship is a lot more than just uh, registering, a, you know, like a CVR number. It's a mindset. It's this, you know, risk-taking hustle mindset uh, that uh, some people have naturally more ingrained than others. I think uh, in the recent years, entrepreneurship became this so a really hot topic, like everybody wants to be an entrepreneur because it's kind of hot. Uh, but at the same time, not everybody is having what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody has the personality type and the, the ambition to actually do whatever it takes to make it as an entrepreneur. So how do you define entrepreneurship, let's say, in three simple words? You said mindset, hustle, dedication, but there must be something else without, you know, those. Well, my three words would be Long-term work and purpose. You know, one of, uh, one of the people who I really also follow all the time is being also, and you have a photo with him, Gary Vaynerchuk. He also talks about long-term rather than short-term goals. So there's some connection. Do you think that why a lot of entrepreneurs and startups fail because they don't put emphasis on long-term goals rather than they want to achieve the greatness in the first year? I do think there's this perception that, you know, starting a company is this really, really cool thing and it's, everything is going to be smooth and your own boss. Uh, when we're doing trainings and workshops and we'll talk about it later, but uh, we, we speak a lot about, you know, entrepreneurs love to see themselves like these visionaries that uh, want to change the world and connect the dots and it's this cool journey. But there's also the other side of being an entrepreneur. If you really want to make it, if you really want to achieve something of meaning, you need to look into the long term. Because running your own company, starting your own company is more or less, you just enter a jungle. You're Mr. Nobody. You start a company. It's this beautiful, abundant place. And you can actually do a lot of things. But there's so many things that are trying to kill you. Your competitors, uh, your lack of uh, financials, your lack of purpose and alignment on your values. So there's so many things that are, you know, on your way to, to build it. And unless you have the mindset of, hey, it's going to take a while. It might take five, seven, ten years to actually build something of meaning, to actually have something that, that is not at the stage of survival, but it's actually at the stage that's making money. And, and am I willing to pay the price? Am I willing to do whatever it takes? I mean, I, I've been an entrepreneur now for eight or nine years. And I got to tell you, man, you know, I'm, I'm working long hours too. I'm still missing out on parties and um, I cannot attend all the, you know, the weddings of, uh, that I want to be part of. And uh, it's a commitment, man. 
it's a commitment. So you don't focus on like this work-life balance. How is that in your entrepreneurial I do. journey? I do actually. But I actually I don't like the work-life balance as a, as a wording because I mean, I think everything is your life, right? But you can say personal and professional life, right? Where is the balance in between that? And I believe it's about first figuring out who you are. Like what is your perfect week? I mean, imagine you have all the money, all the time, all the resources. How would you spend your time? Would you work 60, 70 hours working on your purpose, building something that you want to build? And, or would you work only 20 hours? I have a really good example with uh, someone I met when uh, I was uh, a movie producer. And uh, that's a guy who was a lead designer at this uh, Cartoon Network show called Adventure Time. So he, you know, he was 30 years old. He made a big career as an animator and a designer. He made some money. And you know what he did? He said, I'm a family guy. I'm going to buy myself and my family a forest. He, he literally built a little forest. He built a house on a tree. And he's living with his son and his wife there. And he's working 20 hours a week. And the rest of the time, he's meditating. He's hanging out with his wife, his kid. But I think the reason he's doing that is that he, he's gone through a lot of pain himself when he was younger, which took him to a place where he get to know himself. And then now that he's, uh, you know, 30-something, he's living the life that he, he wants for himself. Now, that being said, I personally, I love this game, man. You know, I love being here with you doing the podcast. I love uh, doing trainings, workshops. And my perfect week is including meditations, training, uh, hanging out with my friends, but it also includes a lot of hours of being an entrepreneur and creating opportunities. So, so I think for those of you guys who are listening to this, you really have to look inside and, and try to figure out where do you stand on this? What is your idea for work-life balance? So do you define entrepreneurship? Because I, I caught upon, you know, during your, what you're saying, uh, entrepreneurship equals game. So is it a game to you? It really is, man. I mean, yeah, there's a different level. And I totally <laughs> agree with you, Stoyan, on this. Yes, there are certain levels and different, you know, like growth phase, implementations and all that kind of stuff. So do you define, is it a, a game? I don't know if I define it, but I, I think to a certain extent, I see it as a game myself. You know, it's, it's my own mindset. It's, you know, when you're playing the game, it's play. You play, you enjoy it. Like I can't wait every single morning to wake up and actually start playing again. Like literally, you know, some people would say, oh, I have to work. I'm like, I can't wait to wake up and just start playing again. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean that, you know, everything is rainbows and sh sunshine. It's quite the opposite. I mean, it's struggle, man. You know the drill. You're, you're talking to a lot of entrepreneurs. People think that being an entrepreneur is so cool. It's No, it's, it's 80, 90% of the, there's a lot of stuff that you don't know You think everything is figured out and then all of a sudden, boom, something happens. So, so to a certain extent, it's about cooling fires. It's about trying to figure out how to solve problems. So, but if you see it as a game, then you play. How can I solve this problem? How can I make it happen no matter what? It's, it's fun, you know? It truly is. But it, it takes, like today, one of uh, my friends, uh, also uh, an ex-guest on the podcast and... Uh, also representative of World Ventures, uh, Melina Mustaka, she said that she admires the work that I put into through all the quotes and listening to stories. I'm kind of amazed by the stories because I don't have my own story to tell. I mean, I do have from age 12, but there was nothing vivid. And I'm inspired by other people's stories because then I can understand the mindset behind different entrepreneurs, how they go, what challenges they're facing. And I totally agree that, you know, it is like playing a game. You get a lot of enjoyment if you really put the hours and you put will and motivation and dedication into it. But right now, I would like to ask you a question that I found on your LinkedIn profile. To rewind to time, I want you to tell me about yourself when you were about to start in high school of math, Sliven. Okay. Did you know where are you heading with your life? Um, back when I was studying in the high school of mathematics, living in my hometown in Bulgaria, I was trying to figure out whether I want to be an actor or whether I want to be a banker. So uh, I don't know if that answers your question. I think, though, 
some certain traits of my personality, I keep them right now. I just didn't figure out how to amplify them. And actually, what happened to me when I moved to Denmark and did my master's in finance, I still kept on thinking that there's this one thing you got to do, you know, you're defined by your education. Like I'm studying finance, so I got to be a Wall Street banker or something with banking and finance. And there was this one day that I, I kind of something switched in me. And I was like, wait a second, I'm not this finance guy. I'm a very good with people. I know how to bring people together. I can organize events. I know filmmaking. So all of a sudden, I didn't see myself as this one feature, but I saw myself as a package of my strengths, my passions, and, and my ambition. And then everything switched, man. Everything switched. Because now I can say, what am I passionate about? What is my purpose? Where do I want to be? And how, with my strengths, with the resources, with my network, with my background, can I build products or can I build business that is focused on my strengths and passions? And it was like the biggest switch for me. I mean, we all get this one uh, moment in life that we know our life switches. And I also used to be an actor, but a different type of actor as you are. I mean, you've been in film schools and all that stuff. No, 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 no. I no? haven't been to film school. I, I, I did amateur theater while I was uh, studying finance. Okay. So I never did uh, professional acting. Ah. But my acting kind of experience led me into a direction to fall in love with cinema and filmmaking. Okay. So I later became a producer. So everything you do, everything you do... Leads to something. Leads to something, man. Yeah, because it's, it's... Before I was meeting you, I was like, so who is this guy? He's an international speaker. He's a productivity coach. He's been in filming. He's been there. He's been there. I mean... It's hard to put you in like in one box and say like, okay, this is Stoyan Yanko, because that's not possible. No, not, not at all. Not, not at, at all. all. And, I, and I think everybody is like this, in fact, but not everybody is, I'm like that, man, you know, I'm passionate about something. I, I just go for it. I mean, I'm more and more clear what's my overall direction or purpose, but the way I do this, I mean, I'm super excited when I'm the catalyst, when I'm the trigger for people to take action and to actually change their life, change their business. That's the overall general picture. How do I do that? That could change, man. I mean, I can make a Hollywood movie about that teaches you, inspirational movie. I can, uh, I can do speeches. I can do training. So once you're clear, what is this, why this, you know, this thing that drives you, then you can come up with a lot of different things, you know? So, so, so you what's, what's your life goal then? What is the and I don't think there is oh. an end, you know. For, for me, it's about two things. It's about trying to find yourself and being happy, and really, really prioritizing yourself, putting yourself first on the one side. And then the other side, now that you're free, you're happy, you, you're living the life you want, you give back, you make an impact in your own way. So finding your strengths, finding your passions, and finding your way to make an impact and, and make other people's life better as well. Do you live by the principle of give, give, take? Give, give, take. You mean the Gary Vee kind of... That you give more to society than rather you take from it. I hope to believe so. Because, I mean, based on your work and based on the things you do and all the LinkedIn and the activities and where you are, you are giving away free knowledge. Similar to Gary Vee, he's giving free knowledge, but not so many people take it. So that's why I'm asking, are you living by the... I table? hope to believe so, at least uh, on a level of intention. Yes, <laughs> whether it happens or not, it's for our people to judge. But um, I'm definitely really driven by seeing... You know what drives me most, man? We did a workshop in Aarhus. What drives me is to see the comment or to see the, the, the email after and somebody says, hey, what you said with this story made me do this. Now I found a job. I applied for this. I, you know, went to another, like, that's what drives me, man. If I have the, the little piece of kick that you need in order to take this action that will make you a little 1% happier, man, my days. So how do you define success? Success is living on your terms. Meaning? I think success has been predefined as somehow, at least when I was growing up, I, I would put success as something that's equal to 
the financial success, the career success. But I think it's a lot more to that. You know, that's, that's only one of the areas. I, I think it's about mastering each area that is most important to you. So it's a combination of the different areas, which starts with figuring out who you really are, figuring out what matters to you, what are the most important things to you, what would be the ideal life for you, and working towards getting there in an ethical manner. And talking about entrepreneurship, the only way you can grow long-term a business is by providing value. As simple as it sounds. You got to give value. It's not about you out there. It's about how can I give value? How can I give goods? How can I make somebody else's life or business better with the service or the product that I have? And then, you know, things start to, to evolve. I mean, that's true. I think we have to provide, as entrepreneurs, we have to provide value throughout our products, throughout our services. And a lot of entrepreneurs say, yeah, I care about my product. I care about these things. I care about those things. My product belongs to me. And I'm saying, no, your product doesn't belong to you. Your product belongs to the consumers because the consumers are deciding factors. Will you get the purchase? Will you get the sales or not? My podcast doesn't belong to me. It belongs to listeners because the listeners decide will they listen or not. So that's the thing. Oh, that's the right mindset, man. That's the right mindset. And I've been having the privilege and honor to, to be invited to, to train and to mentor hundreds and hundreds of startup teams across Europe. And I can see, especially in the early stages, the same mindset shift that they need, which is from falling in, in love with your product and the features and, oh, this is the fastest, this is the, to, to falling in love with serving your customer and finding like real challenges and pains your customer have. And then talking to a lot of customers very early on, you know, just, I love these um, entrepreneurs starting and they're like, oh, we have to build it first and then we're going to start selling and show to customers. Okay, so you're going to build something for a year and you, you're going to go and ask for feedback. Great idea. And I did the same, to be honest, with my first, you know. We all learn. <laughs> I did the same. Uh, but then I learned. And, um, and now it's, for me, it's about, yeah, go out, talk, ask people. What do you want? What are you struggling with? What do you need help with currently? People go and do, you know, they land a meeting with a potential client and they sit down and they start presenting and coking and nobody cares. Nobody cares. You don't know, like, you got to ask questions, man. Like, you sit down on a meeting and, you know, what, what are you working on right now? What is your goals? What is your focus right now? What are you struggling with? And then you can start taking notes. And, but the main point is, you know, if you play the long-term game, this meeting doesn't matter. It matters that you build a relationship. You show you're a really cool person who wants to help. Maybe you will connect this customer to actually somebody else if your service or product is not solving. But then you build a relationship and, and in the long run, you're going to win because you're just a cool dude. That do cool things. Doing the cool things. <laughs> I saw that you have started a segment, it's been already a while, called Monday Productive. Right. Could you briefly explain what's that and what is your goal with it? Money Productive is a weekly LinkedIn post article series, which I started with a purpose to, to feature and introduce my network to my network. Again, I having, I'm having the honor with my work to meet some really, really interesting and cool people. And I thought, how can I connect people? How can I extract the knowledge and just share it so people can, you know, get inspired? And, you know, this thing with, you know, it's Monday again, you know, people have this thing about Monday. I want to make Mondays great again, man. This is my thing. I want to make Mondays great again. So again, this for me, having a great network and maybe knowing how to ask the right questions from them inspired me to start this weekly Monday series. So if you'd like to go and check them out, just find my LinkedIn profile, Stoyan Yankov. And uh, every Monday morning, you're going to see a new post this week. Now it's Monday. It is with Alden Kass, who's one of the top um, performance coaches for Wall Street executives. So, so it's really, really a lot of cool knowledge. I admire the th work you do because, you know, really, I totally agree that Mondays are not the favorite days. But, you know, for me, it doesn't matter. Monday, Tuesday or Sunday or weekends. It's the same work, 24 hours to do an impact, to create a change. 
doesn't that's matter it, which that's day. It, man. Doesn't matter. People talk like I work from Mondays to Fridays and then weekends I'm off. I work whenever I have time and whenever I can. Right. I mean, look, people have families, right? There are some people who work for companies. So, so you know, I understand there's there are some certain factors. But if you're by yourself and you, you know, you want to build something entrepreneur, I mean, weekends, some weekends you got to work. I mean, you, you got to define your own rules. But I mean, come on. This weekend, I did a four-hour workshop. I've been working the whole, I mean, Friday I worked till midnight. Yesterday I worked probably 10 hours. Four of them from the bus uh, from Aarhus to Copenhagen. Woke up this morning, 8.30. Actually, that was a long morning. I mean, you, you got to do it, man. You got to do it. But I love it. I love it. Love being here with you. By the way, great preparation and, and really digging into, into my background and coming up with cool questions. So thank you so much. That's just that. the beginning, Stoyan. <laughs> just the beginning. We haven't even started, huh? Tell me about becoming a productivity coach and international speaker. How it's all begun. So... Productivity has been a part of my life and, you know, one of my core values. I, I just love things being smart. I love being intentional about doing what I do. But I think the biggest boost in that direction was after a burnout I had while I was doing my master's degree. And I'm super passionate, man. So I will do, I organize a film festival. I had a little first kind of business that I, we are doing uh, videos. You know, like I had all kind of projects. I was writing my master's thesis, so I burned out. And I needed something new. So I'll start reading David Allen and Tim Ferriss. And there is a program of Tony Robbins called Time of Your Life, Exceptional Life Management System, and all kind of time management and productivity materials. And, and that changed my life. It changed my life when I switched from doing things into getting things done and being clear what is the intention what is the result that i'm after so this um i'm a how can i say uh i'm i'm into personal growth for the past now 13 years ever since i read the first book about this topic and i i went to a coaching education so i started doing coaching on site as uh while i was doing my video production thing but I was afraid to, to go out and to be the speaker, to be the real productivity international expert. So I'm very grateful to one of my coaching clients at the time because he called me after a session and, and he asked me, Hey, Stoyan, I remember you had this speech, this idea for a speech that you told me a year and a half ago. How did it go? I'm like, uh, you know, I'm so busy with the video project. So, so you know, and, and then he said, dude, you, you, you push me to achieve my goals, but you are not keeping up to your promises. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do you a favor. I'll give you 30 days, and you have to put up your first speech. And I'm like, okay, cool. And, and he told me, <laughs> if you don't deliver, you have to pay 500 pounds to an extreme feminist organization that hates men. And, and I'm like, okay. Uh, then he closed the phone, and I'm like, okay, I have a month. So I put up a Facebook event, invited all my friends, found a room, and started practicing in front of the mirror practicing um, in front of my flatmates. Long story short, 30 days later, I have 60 people lined up, seven people on a waiting list, and I did my first workshop. And the event is over. It was okay. You know, it went well for the first event. And a girl from China reaches out to me, and she's very shy, and she comes and she's like, can I speak to you? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, really, really? And she told them, you know, somebody famous or something, because she signed up for internet. I just wanted to survive, bro. You know, <laughs> I just wanted to survive. And then, and then she's like, she shared her story and she said, you know, I, I grew up in a village in China where when men were eating on the table and women had to wait and eat the leftovers on the floor and, and we are always told what to do. I'm 25 years old and I never took a decision for myself. When I have to take a decision, I, I call my mom, I call my dad and, and they tell me you do this. Even coming here, I called them and they said, yeah, go to this event. I, I never took a decision for myself. And now you come and you tell me you can be the hero of your own movie and you, you can be the leader that decides what to do. And, and I'm, I got to admit, I'm very confused. But when I closed my eyes, I came up with a story. I want to be a storyteller. I want to empower women in China to be their own leaders and to show up for themselves. And then she hugs me, man. And, and, and she doesn't let go. And I'm like staying like this and I'm like, what the fuck are you to think that you are not good enough to go and to speak, man? What if you can reach one person? 
What if this podcast that you're doing can make one person switch a perspective? And uh, this was in movie terms, the point of no return. Now, having a purpose, having a vision is not enough by itself. I mean, people see all my stuff on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and it looks so cool and fancy. It's not how it looks, man. I mean, you got to knock on so many doors. You're going to get rejected. I've got so many no's. Like, it's crazy. I, you got to see me, man. Like, I'm on the road. I'm doing a speech for a client. And then I line up 13, 14 meetings with potential clients. Like, I work on planes and trains. And, you know, it's, it's not as it looks. So um, if you really want it, though, if you really want it, if you get clear what is this one thing that really drives you, there's always a way, man. Doors will open. You start knocking on some doors, other doors open. You know what I mean? I just love it, man. I know. I know. I, I, when I'm listening, I'm looking at myself because I do the same. I really, 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 really am I'm, I'm hitting my head against the wall and hitting and hitting and hitting and it's literally not bleeding. And then I realize that, you know, there is a way. It's just you have to overcome the voice of fear. And since we are talking about the voice of fear, I also saw that you've been given a chance to speak, getting back to your speech in Aarhus University and mm. graduation of the master students. You spoke and I also you posted a video that I have seen so many times. Be the hero of your own movie. So if some of you haven't seen that, go on YouTube now and watch it. It's what, three minutes, four minutes, not long. And I do the same because uh, we are really closely connected to what I do and what you do. We, I help people to overcome their fears to reach their full potential because I was in the same boat. I was like the guy who wasn't doing nothing, just, you know, playing video games, watching Netflix, doing basically nothing. And I wasn't fulfilling my full potential. So I do have a question that's kind of scary to ask because, you know, there's a, such a vast amount of information provided by a lot of entrepreneurs, you, me, Gary Vaynerchuk, Simon Sinek, Tommy Robbins, and more and more and more and more people. Like more are getting, you know, born and more are getting into entrepreneurship. I want to ask you, why is that many people do not want to get out of their comfort zone, achieve greatness? What are their biggest fears? what they think, what somebody else thinks about them? This is actually a really good point. More and more I'm seeing people that are afraid because of what other people will think, trying to prove someone. So I can definitely see this as one of the main reasons. You're trying to live up to the expectations of others and you're afraid what will others say. I mean, probably you've seen this research that shows that um, the biggest fear people put when you ask them on a survey is the fear of public speaking, and it comes before the fear of death. And it's, it's kind of the same thing. What if I fail? What do people think if I fail? So people who actually want it, but they're afraid they don't start, this, this is one of the main reasons. But I think there is also, I don't know how to pronounce this word, conformity? Like you... You want to be like everybody else. You don't, you don't have ambition to, to be more. It's good to be in the comfort zone. You want to be the she sheep in the sheep horde and you don't want to be the leader of the horde. Yes, yes. And to be honest, it's not for everybody. Not everybody wants to make a change. People are okay with their art. People are okay to be okay. And actually, one thing that for me has been as well a journey as, as being a coach is to how much energy do I spend on the people that do not want to be coached. They ask for advice, but they are not coachable yet, maybe. As opposed to actually putting your focus and attention on those that are hungry for, for the advice, for the, for the coaching, for, for the inspiration. So I think that's, that's something else. You can't force people to change. But if you find something that's a leverage for them, everybody has a leverage. Everybody has something that's so meaningful for them. So if you find this pain or this thing, you can use it as a, as a leverage for you to get them on a journey of personal growth. And you might have seen that in your own life journey. But usually, when does change happen? When people go through some serious pain, they lose someone, they lose a job, they get divorced. And now they start looking inside. And now they start looking for a solution or a new way to look at things, a new meaning. It's a, it's a really interesting topic. And I think especially for the generation that's coming now 16, 25 years old, I'm just really, really worrying about this generation. I 
think the level of guidance we provide is not enough. It's just insane how many young people at that HIC that are doing really, really well for their age, and they feel like, I feel like I'm not good enough. Why? Well, because I am following this guy on Instagram and he has it figured out. And I'm only studying a master's degree and having a girlfriend and doing this and doing this, but, but I haven't figured it out. And it's just, it's just insane, the, the, the expectations that they have on who they're supposed to be creates incredible amounts of stress and it's, it's artificial. I think people just create their some kind of imaginary world that they cannot get over because, you know, it's just, I'm feared, I'm, I'm scared, I'm uh, weak, I'm incapable, I can't. I think I can't is one of the people's biggest, most used words nowadays I, f- I hear from a lot of people. I work with a lot of people and I, I, can, I can see potential in them. I can see that they are and they can be great. But they don't want to. I said, wait, they say like, I can't. Can't what? I'm a guy who was in a car accident in 12 years. I lost 10 years of my memory. I don't have any childhood. I came to a small room to Denmark with 200 euros in my pocket. I graduated as international sales and marketing. I started my own company with zero revenue right now for one year. What you can't? What is that you can't? You can't get out of your comfort zone. You can't uh, struggle. You can't, you know, I don't believe in can't. How much you want it? It depends how much you want it. Exactly. How much you want it, man. I mean, with your purpose, I can see you're so passionate about what you do. It's only about not quitting. It's only about finding a way to survive while you build it to a place that you can live it full time without doing anything else. That's true. Be the hero of your movie is your original message where you tell people to write their own story and uh, overcome their fear. But then I'm asking a question to yourself, Stoyan. What is the final cut of your own movie? You know, when I talk about being the hero of your movie, I don't like to talk about the final cut. I kind of want to see this chapters or sequels of your story. Uh, So instead of looking into what's going to happen when I'm 100 years old in, in my dead bed, which might be a good tool, I'm more looking into, you know, in the next two, three, four, five years, in the foreseeable future, what would be this goal, this journey of a character? I mean, imagine if you see your life like you're the hero of the movie, yeah, and, but at the same time, you're also the producer and the director of this movie. How would you like the story to be? What kind of story do, would you like to write? And what, what is this purpose or what is this big goal and dream and vision that you want to to achieve and uh, how would you see yourself as the hero of the movie? You know, I, I spent some periods of my life which I was, I gotta say, I was seeing myself as the victim. Majority of the time, I would be feeling sorry for myself and, you know, that's not a good place to be. It's all about switching the mindset. What does a hero do? A hero is fucking up so many times but the hero knows that it's okay to fuck up. It's okay to, to go through struggles. It's, it's just part of the journey. You know, I'm going to own it. So, so I want you to think about this next time you're feeling down and feeling low. How would the hero of my character react in this down moment? Would she or he feel sorry for herself? Or would she step up and say, let me look for a solution? So it's a mindset. I, I, I use this as a mindset to basically navigate and get the, the best possible experience that I can get from, from life. That doesn't mean I'm not getting into the victim zone once in a while. That means I'm spending a, a lot less time there. But if I look into who's the hero of my own movie right now, the hero of my movie is, is a non-quitter. He's passionate, he's excited about life, he's giving, he's taking good care of himself. He's making mistakes on his own terms. Instead of getting the advice of someone and living the life of someone else, like many people do, try to please and prove their parents and friends, the hero of my movie is taking choices coming from inside. As you are a movie guy, I mean, you have a soul of a movie person and you also talk about this hero of the movie. I wanted to introduce or create a little scenario. Imagine that you get a new client who, let's say, is about to launch a new product. 
but taking into consideration that there are so many tasks that have to be done before to launch the product, how do you apply this so-called perform framework in their organization so they can, you know, perform better and the product launch can be more successful? Okay, just, just to understand correctly. So the customer calls me in this movie, right? Yeah. And says, and, and he's struggling with uh, launching the product because he launched the product. There's so many different things yeah, to do, and, yeah. and how to actually. Yeah. Well, perform methodology is something that I've been developing um, together with Cristobal Alonso, who's the CEO of the leading B2B accelerator in Europe, startup accelerator called Startup Wise Guys. And the first thing we do when we get into working with teams is we're more like doctors. So we're going to come in and we're going to make, take a measure together with the team. I can't give somebody pills for their headache unless I know where the headache comes from. So perform methodology is a simplified framework to help teams to perform better by paying attention consistently and building the habits in some of the most important areas, which are more softer than the usual things we pay attention to. So perform stands for purpose and values. So how do we align and get clear why do we do what we do? You know, what is the purpose of our product, of our business? And, and are we all clear around it? Do we know what's the core priorities and values? Not just as something on, put on paper, but do we actually live these values in the team? So that's the P. Then E is effective planning. Are we really clear what's our long-term goals? What's our vision? And then week to week, day to day, how often do we sit down and spend time on prioritizing these are top three objectives for tomorrow? Do we have this mindset where we communicate our goals and we plan consistently? R stands for responsibilities and ownership. Now, everybody in a company is usually clear what the title is, the role. I'm the CTO, I'm the CEO, I'm the whatever. But are we actually clear and do we have on paper mapped down what is the things that uh, I'm taking ownership on? Uh, me and George, we're making sales. Cool. Who's actually the one that's the last one in command? Who am I pointing the finger to if they don't deliver? Let's sit down and let's put down all the commitments and let's figure out which one of those are the ones I, I hate to do. I'm not really good at, but I'm the last one in command or there's nobody else. So we work with teams to help them to map out the whole team and figure out if there is some discrepancy in there. Then it comes focus and execution. Sometimes we have companies and teams that are really good in setting the plans, but they have struggles to stay focused or to execute on the things that are most important. And a lot of it comes from perfectionism. We already touched a little bit upon it. It comes from, but we are not ready. Let's wait six more months before we launch it. The truth is you can't really wait. Remember the Facebook slogan used to be move fast and break things. And it, I think it's really true. You, you, you got to move fast. And my co-founder, which I interviewed for Monday Productive and asking about decision-making, how, how are you so good into taking decisions fast? And he said, because I would rather take 10 decisions, three of them are wrong, as opposed to taking three right decisions. And I'm like, man, this is so good. This is so good. And focus. Do we actually master our ability to focus by finding your own way, of course, but using tools and techniques like time blocking, working on your focus and your mindfulness through meditation, through different techniques. And then we're going down with O, which stands for optimal energy. Often teams, especially early stage startups, are very excited and they put a lot of long hours and they prioritize work as opposed to their mental and physical health. So we teach teams to, to measure and to evaluate and to create cultures where they prioritize the, the health, the well-being of the leaders and of the team. It's simple habits. We all know them, but knowing something. You know, more than 50% doctors in the United States are obese or overweight. The guys who are telling you, you should eat healthy. So it's not about knowledge. It's about doing it. The next one is R, which stands for robust communication. Internal communication. Do we tell each other the truth? Do we talk about the problems? Do we have a systems in which, and when I mean systems, I mean, first of all, purely in terms of, you know, softwares, technical stuff, but also on the having consistent feedback sessions. 
you know, including in our weekly feedback sessions so we can let our emotions out of the room and talk about what happened this week. What were the things that were really, really important and, and that we fucked up? What are the things that we can get better at? And also give each other a bit of credit, you know, that's also important. And then um, the last one is M, which stands for mental toughness. How do you deal with all these challenges? How do you deal with all this stress? Being an entrepreneur, again, you, you're running into the jungle, man. There's so much thrown at you. You're working your ass off. You're spending 14 hours. No matter how much you plan, there will be things that you are not able to predict and they will get you off board. You're just expecting investors to pay and to sign the contract you've been working for two months. Last minute, they say, I'm out. And you have to pay your employees on Monday. What do you do? How do you master this mindset of accepting the failures, doing your very best, and ha having this you know, action-biased mentality that you just act through the challenges and go through it? So basically, getting back to your question, we have the teams to evaluate where they stand in each of these areas. We find out one or two which are usually making the biggest trouble and we have them to commit within the context of what they do to set up habits and strategies to improve first these areas, which usually helps all the rest to, to go smoother through it. So if I put it like in my own words, what I understood after all these explanation of each letters in the PERFORM word, that basically the PERFORM framework stands that you help companies to understand their values and where the focus shall be and how to overcome different kind of obstacles and challenges that they're facing to increase the productivity within the organization and the team. That's a good way to put it, yes. That's a good way to put it. So you get to understand the fundamentals, the basics of what we stand for, And then you more practically put it in action plans and goals and structures and systems. So you basically build the fundamental of the house. Because if the house is built on something that's not stable, it might look beautiful, but sooner or later you're going to have challenges. And, and we are hearing many, many stories of teams that go through the early stages. And you can get away in the early stages by not having those things in place, but Once it's about to scale, you land a bigger investment and you want to you wanna scale up and start hiring a lot of people, now you're in trouble. If you haven't defined a culture, if you haven't set up a healthy long-term culture, now you're in trouble because you not only have to bring in all the new people, but you're trying to define the culture and, and, and it becomes a mess. So uh, the earlier you, you start, and you can see some of the biggest people out there. I, I saw this video with the co-founder of Airbnb and he said, We started defining the purpose and the values way before our first hire. You know, you got to be clear. Why do you do what you do for a number of reasons? And, and defining the values is not a one-time thing as well. You need to talk about it. You need to redefine them. Maybe new people will come in and you have to talk about and see, hey, did we change and did we prioritize something better? But once you have it, it helps you to take decisions. You know, if you're clear what your values are, then it's easier to say, well, Should we do this and this? Well, this makes more sense. This is more aligned with who we are. Let's go for that one. You know, I think that, you know, Simon Sinek and you know his golden circle principle of why, right? I feel like since he introduced to the world this principle, many companies have started to emphasize company culture, which in my opinion is the most crucial asset that every company possesses. But do they understand what company culture really is? Because, uh, let me elaborate on it. Because someone I talked to in a company, they said that we have a great company culture. But how do you define great company culture? What is great company culture to you? Because a few episodes back, I did discussion with Nicholas Blair Silvestri, the co-founder of The Platypus, that actually helps companies to define the culture. Mm. And we had this discussion because he says that he approaches company and company say, we have great company culture. There are hundreds and thousands of companies. How to define a great company culture? So the question is for you. The culture is all kind of set of behaviors that are happening in the team, in the company. So what do you do when, when nobody's looking? So how do you define a great company culture? I think it's a very individual question. And a great company culture should be aligned with the core of what this organization stands for. 
The other element for this is, are people living the definition of our culture? So the first step is, have we defined what are our philosophies, behaviors, values, purpose? Are we clear on it? And then the second, do we live them? The more important one. Everybody has a culture. I love when people say we have to focus on the culture. And some people more or less think we don't have a culture till now. We have to make a culture. No, everybody has a culture. But not everybody has defined what is most important for us in this culture. And not everybody is living the culture. It's in congruency with... I did a workshop with a corporate here in Denmark. They wanted to improve their culture and performance. And we had a workshop on purpose and on values. And I asked them, so what is the purpose of the company? Everybody looks around, 30 people in the room. So I'm like, okay, so that, does anybody know what is the purpose? One guy says, well, well we do have a purpose, but uh, it's somewhere in the webpage. So what is the purpose? Nobody knows. All right, what about the values? What do you guys stand for? Well, we want to maximize the profitability for the stakeholders and for, of course, our, ourselves. Okay, great. What are the values? What do you stand for? If you don't even know what they are, I mean, some people know, some teams know, but if you don't even know what the values are, how would you live it? So I think a well-organized and defined culture is one in which the leaders are communicating consistently what the purpose, the values, the, the, the behaviors are, the clarity of it, and reinforce it. And people actually live to a really, really high percentage what we as a community in this organization stand for. You know, because I think that I have many times also said to many people that company culture is not beautiful words that written on your wall, on your homepages, on your piece of paper that you give out to the clients or to customers. Company culture are the people, are the people who are in your company. You, Stoyan, are part of the company culture. Me, Elvis, are part of a company culture. Together, we make a company culture. It's not like something we have created before we hire the people. Do you agree on this? Absolutely, I agree. And maybe I'll only add, it also includes, on top of the people, it also includes the environment. So it's how we decorate the walls. How do we, what kind of systems do we use? You know, what kind of softwares we use? How often do you use them and stuff? Like all certain, you know, the people, the behaviors, the environment around that we create driven by these values that we stand for. You know, myth of self-made man. It's an individual whose success lays within the individual themselves, not with outside conditions. But how do you become one? A self-made man. Self-made man. I believe that maybe you, Stoyan, could be self-made man based on your experiences and the, on the things you went through, all the public speakings. So maybe you can tell me, how do you become one? I think you become one by, again, setting up goals and setting up your own challenges and journey and learning from the experience by doing your very best. But then when you, when you fail, when you fuck up, you look at the lessons, you look at the gratitude. And as long as you live to the, to the best of your extent by, by taking the courageous choices, then you're on the right way to, to learn the right lessons. And, and there's no better way to learn than to experience. You know, somebody can tell you 20 times, this is how you got to do it. Unless you go and do it, and sometimes you got to fuck it up for yourself, you're not going to learn. So I believe a self-made man is someone that goes out takes courageously the choices that feels right in their gut and owns their shit, owns their fuck-ups. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of people are asking, like, how? Learn me this one, learn me that one. There's no secret sauce. There's no secret key that unlocks all the doors. All you have to do is open 10,000 doors, 100,000 doors, million doors, until you reach that one fucking door that's gonna make you into a person you want to be. I cannot teach you things. You have to experience them. And I totally agree on this with you. But, you know, people also, my parents, maybe your parents, other people's parents, they put a huge emphasis in their lives, in our lives, to education. So I wanted to ask you, how important is education in, let's say, year 2020? That's going to be in already, what, now? Education is number one in my list of values and priorities. But when I mean education, I don't mean only formal education, like university is cool. I mean learning, 
growing, personal growth, curiosity. This is what I mean by education. You got to be educating yourself every single day. You got to be getting better. You got to be curious. You know, it's one thing to be self-made, but if you want to go far, you you surround yourself with the right people. You listen for mentors, advisors. Uh, I think what is wrong with the educational system is in many ways, it's very outdated. It's very theoretical. It's not based on experience. Many of the teachers teaching you are probably really good researchers, but they haven't lived. I mean, I started in a business school, man. Prestigious business school, you know? 90% of my teachers never did anything. They were teaching me corporate finance. Okay, but you haven't done any finance in corporation. You're just a teacher. How do you want me to, to learn something practical? And that's why there's also a big lack of talent out there because people go out of universities and then you need to train them for a year. It's all very theoretical and, uh, and there is uh, a lot of work we should do in order to create education to a level it's supposed to be in 21st century in the environment that we live in. Because I think this education it probably has been quite good in the late 19th century when the world was different. But now we need, we need to make a big transformation if we want really to, to have effective education. The next thing I would like to ask you, Stoyan, because I don't want to go into education. My education in opinion for this is just, I don't see a reason for it. But year 2020, it's approaching or it's already here because people have been talking. It's been around for many, many months. Big year. We live through many, many innovations, electrical cars, Teslas, rockets, satellites, going to Mars, iPhones, touchscreens, smartwatches, artificial intelligence, augmented reality. Crazy so many shit, things. Huh? Yeah, so many things are coming out right now, right? So the question is, what has to be done? What shall we entrepreneurs prepare in year 2020? I'm actually very optimistic, you know, like I feel so happy that we live in such times. You know, you mentioned all this exponential technologies growing and it's sometimes so hard to navigate and to, to figure out what should I pay attention to. There's so many different things going on, but I really think it's opening up so many opportunities for people who are opportunistic. So I'm really excited about 2020. Definitely, there's a lot of trends out there. You know, cybersecurity is starting to get really like a topic that's very important due to, you know, privacy and those kind of things. AI, we should look into that. Robotics, uh, you know, there's, there's many areas. Augmented is, is also reaching a place. Again, you know, things like voice and sound. And it's exciting, you know. But I think we should pay more closer attention to what the consumer's behavior is becoming, you know, like we're consuming things differently these days and our preferences. I mean, just look at TikTok, man. I mean, it's not a platform that I personally enjoy consuming as a consumer, but just having in mind that, you know, half a billion people in this earth are going in something like TikTok and in this fast-paced, crazy little videos and they love it, that should mean something. I should mean there is a major shift in the way we consume information, consume content, and, and we want things to be presented to us. So, you know, just paying attention to how your customers are, their preferences are changing. Time is becoming a big thing. One of the reasons I'm, I'm having a job, <laughs> you know, like being a productivity coach is that people are struggling with prioritization, man. And uh, people are struggling to find their focus. It's way too many choices out there. There's all this demand for your attention and, and people are confused. Now you're exposed to everybody and everything. You can live everywhere. You can have anything. So how do I choose? What is my purpose? Where do I want to be? Where do I live? It's confusing unless you take charge and say, hey, let me, let me actually figure out who am I? What are the things that matter most to me? And what are the things that I'll say no to? And, uh, you know, Unless you do this, you might be, if not confused, at least distracted. What a time to be alive, Stoyan. Freaking amazing. What a time to be alive. I'm excited every single morning. Right? Every single morning something new comes up. For sure, for sure. But there is a listener question. One of the questions you already answered, so I'll not ask you once more again the same thing. But the second listener question, it's 
more targeted towards you and your personal life. You so much talk about this perform methodology, about having long-term goals, purposes, work, life, eagerness, dedication, focus, not, never stop believing, many, many other things. And, and if you want, you definitely should go, listener, to Stoyan Yanko, LinkedIn profile, Instagram profile, Twitter, whatever, and try to consume his great uh, insights and great knowledge that he shares. But the question is, what if you, in your personal life, start feeling that you are a little bit off track or not that effective? Do you go back to basics in some way? And if you do, what is that for you? Thank you for the great question uh, for whoever asked it. It was Melina Mustakas, the representative of Network Marketer at World Ventures. Thank you for the question. So... I got to say, I personally, if I, if I look from my experience, and I personally often find myself off track, but I don't see it being so much off track. It's kind of like, you know, when, you, when an airplane wants to go from A to B destinations, usually the airplane is off track 90% of the time. So there's many moments in my journey as an entrepreneur, which I feel like I'm off track. I kind of acquired habits to fastly get aware about it. And when I get aware about it, and for those of you who are listening and who are feeling you're a little bit off track, just the fact that you're aware is a great first step. I'm feeling something is wrong, something is off track. So what I do afterwards is I'll sit down and, and I'll make space for me to reflect and to figure out where does it come from. Am I clear on my purpose and values? And do I, do I actually live the most important things which I stand for. Do I make progress on my goals and the areas that are most important? Now, if I borrow from, again, Tony Robinson and his system that I already mentioned, time of your life, there's an exercise that asks you to define the, what are the most important areas in your life? You know, relationships, business, finance, health, whatever they are for you. And then there's this super simple tool called Wheel of Life. And I actually personally use it quite a bit and I, I recommend people to go and to Google it and if they haven't used it, it's just a measure, you, you got to measure how, how are you doing in, according to your own measure in the most important areas of your life. And then you see where is something where you're not doing well, maybe you haven't put attention to it. Now, another thing that I, I really do often, it's called the, the passion test. So the passion test is um, created by Janet Atwood, one of my first mentors uh, in the world of speaking. And the end result of this little tool is you come up with the top five passions or the things that make you most happy, if you're honest to yourself. I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, you can Google it. You can find it. There is a book. It's a very simple tool. The third thing that I do, it's something that I think in, I intuitively started doing maybe i heard it somewhere I, I don't know but i call it worry setting especially as an entrepreneur you know working many hours not always having a chance to you know to to relax in between trips i sit down and i ask myself what do i worry most about like if i'm honest what keeps me up at night what i what do i think about that i stress about and i write down everything that comes to mind and i break it down into two columns Things I can control and things I cannot control. And I should try to give it a number. For each of those things, from 1 to 10, what is the impact? If 10 is, it's unbearable. And uh, now that I see this picture of things, and they're kind of out of my head and structured, I can say, well, for the things that I can control, what can I do? Who can help me? And I start making sense of it. All right, what about the things I cannot control? How can I find a way to to see differently. So this is very, very meaningful tool for me. I use it all the time. And it really calms you because usually you're worrying and stressing about some things. But the truth is, most of the times, it's, everything is all right, you know. I'm running, a, or how do you call it? I'm writing every single day 10 things that I'm grateful for. And that also gives me a perspective. You know, some days you haven't done anything. You've been trying, but you've been pushing, nothing works. Hey, I'm healthy. I'm having a lot of possibilities. You know, my parents are alive and, and I love them. 
you start writing down all the things that you're grateful for. You know, sometimes uh, it might look or sound weird, but like I'm feeling like shit. I scroll through my Facebook wall <laughs> for the last three months. I'm like, shit, man, you're fucking rocking it, man. Because <laughs> people think I never have a bad day, man. Like you probably people think about you the same. Like this is this cool dude who's always passionate and they think we don't have a bad day. Like, no. People with me, they don't really take the lessons because they think that, you know, because I've been shifting since I was 12 years old and starting to kind of create my own story. People start thinking like, who am I? But, you know, my life is so many things I do and I get myself into so many places because the only limitation for yourself is your own thoughts and your own mind. There's no stop button. The stop button, as my grandma used to say when she was still alive, is when you are dead. That's the only stop button it is. Until you are not dead, you go for it and you try to perceive the dream of your life. Write a movie or story of your life. I recently watched this movie, Dolemite is my name. It's such a cool movie, man. Every entrepreneur should watch this movie. That's the mindset of an entrepreneur. You put up a smile, you have a vision, and you don't stop, man. And you, you make the impossible possible. Yes. What a great movie, man. Yes. But before we kind of move in the last part, because... I really enjoy talking to you, Story, and we could talk more and more and more and more, but you know, all good things have to come to the end at some point. As uh, Tony Stark said, every journey has an end. That's true. And every saga has to finish, right? As now the new Star Wars movie, the last one coming out, and I'm very, right, right. very kind of sad about it, but this is not about Star Wars now. Neither Marvel movies, unfortunately. So today we had Stoyan Yankov, a productivity coach and a professional speaker building up teams through workshops, trainings, and one-to-one consulting and coaching sessions, delivering keynotes, motivational speeches, and workshops globally. Stoyan can help you from being overwhelmed to organized. That way, you and the whole team can get rid of interruptions and manage time to do things that matter the most. How does he describe entrepreneurship in three words? They were long-term, work, and purpose. He been entrepreneur for the last eight to nine years, living by principle of giving away free knowledge as many other entrepreneurs are. Success he defines as living on your own terms through providing value. Stoyan is eager, and I really admire you for this, Stoyan, is eager to make Mondays great again. And through this one framework, this he defines as perform framework, he helps companies to understand their values and what shall be their focus through sessions. One thing that I have understood from Stoyan is never stop believing and write your own story. The only question is which story will you write? When I asked you about the company culture, we kind of agreed that company culture is the people and the environment. So I wanted to ask you, since you know, we, you gave a lot of knowledge, you gave a lot of uh, learnings and, and I've, I'm definitely sure that the listeners and the entrepreneurs listening to this will get a lot of things from you and they should because you are really a person to follow to. What are the main key activities that you would recommend taking in consideration all the things that you have said in the last past one hour that they should invest their time in to succeed their goals? You mean entrepreneurs or? Entrepreneurs, wannabe entrepreneurs, people who are just, you know, willing to change their life for a better. Commitment. The thing is commitment. You know, you commit, you start taking action. And when you start taking action, you also commit to get clear. Hey, what is the, let me set some goals. Let me set some clarity. Sometimes you don't need to know the long-term vision five years from now. You just need to start. A lot of people are afraid to start. so. Be committed to live by design. Be committed to live like the hero of your own movie. I don't care if, you, if you're an entrepreneur or you're working for a company, you want to build a, an amazing family, you need to have a compelling vision. Where do I want to be? How do I want this to be? If I have the perfect week, a perfect day, how does it look like, you know? So self-awareness, clarity, and then action, action, action owning your mistakes, owning your failures, keep up the smile as much as you can and just never quit. Never quit. 
good things don't, don't come easy. So just surround yourself with empowering people. This is so big. Surround yourself with people that will lift you up. You know, people like, like you, Elvis, and I spoke about Katrina and, and other people like that understand you. And, and when you're going through stuff and, and you feel like you're not good enough and why did I start it? They'll come and say, dude, you're doing amazing, man. You got to keep moving, man. So really carefully figure out who are the people around you in your life right now that you spend most time with. And yeah, just have fun. You know, remember to enjoy. That's true. You have to enjoy the journey and don't think about the destination because it's all about enjoying the it's journey. It's all a right? game, brother. So, it's all a game. So, and the last thing before we say goodbye to each other, the listeners and the people who are taking these great knowledges is to share your social links, how people can find you, where people can find you and read about you and your methodology and your life. So people can find me on LinkedIn, Stoyan Yankov. I'm pretty active there, Monday Productive, every Monday morning, uh, also posting a lot of other content. They can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, which I will be more active uh, from now on as well. And then they can also follow my brand, Samudiva Masterminds, where we create retreats, summits, and mastermind groups and experiences with a focus on bringing leaders together and helping them to, you know, to help each other to grow, basically. So Samudiva Masterminds on all these same social medias. I will say thank you to you, Stoyan. It was really great and beneficial to everybody who is listening currently and to me, definitely. I got a lot of knowledge for out of you, or it was like sharing and caring knowledge. But I want to leave all the listeners out there right now before we say goodbye, before we wish great upcoming year of 2020, as this is the grand final of this year. Or if you're listening, happy new year and stay safe out there. And the personal message is that you have to remember to get something you never had. You have to do something you never did. Dreams without goals and actions are just dreams. You have one life, this life. And the only thing you cannot buy back is time. So make the best out of the time you have left. Take a coin right now, pick a side, flip, and never look back. Is there anything else you would like to say to the listeners, Toyan, before we go celebrate the New Year's? I gotta say live fully, you know, be courageous, do what feels right, you know, just, just go out there, don't be afraid, don't listen to your fear, you know, fears are always gonna be there, it's good to be aware, they're trying to protect you, but don't listen to your fear, listen to your heart, as cheesy as it sounds, but it's true, and take action, you're gonna beat your fears through action, and before we finish up, I wanna pass the ball to you actually, because you're such a giving person, and I want to, first of all, thank you for this incredible interview and your preparation is, is really, really top-notch. But what is one thing you need help with? You know, how can I help you and how can the listeners help you? Believing in what I'm saying and taking the action. So those of you who are listening right now, if you share the podcast, if you tell your friends, like share it with one friend that needs to hear that, that will make uh, this gentleman smiling even more. Thank you. And uh, thank you for listening and uh, have a great day. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye. Take action.